Are you living wisely? You know, I think we all want to live wisely, but life has a way of kind of leading us astray, getting us off track. And, you know, sometimes we need to just kind of hold up for a minute and, and make sure we're headed in the right direction. So, so think for just for a moment, are, are you living wisely? So to think about this, we probably first need to start with, well, what exactly are we talking about when we mean living wisely? You know, one of the more interesting definitions I saw as I was researching this today's message was that uh, living wisely is when we live in harmony of heart, mind, and our abilities. So I suppose that that kind of boils down to being happy with our life and, and is in terms of being living wisely. Now, I'm sure we all would like to include things like you know, good relationships, uh, financial security, food security, an enjoyable job or activities. Um, you know, there's just a multitude of, of things that we would probably include in, a, in, a, in, th- in trying to describe what living wisely means. So let's stop for just a moment. Let's stop for just a moment and consider these discussion questions. This, this question, and that is, What does living wisely mean to you? So for this series on living wisely, let's consider these areas just to kind of simplify things a little bit. Our decisions, and that's what we'll talk about today is making good decisions or wise decisions, our values, good works, and, and, and I, I really believe that if we are living wisely, that there's going to be a serenity. So we'll, we'll close this series with talking about that serenity that we get when we are living wisely and in harmony. But today, let's start out by uh, looking at our decisions. You know, as I studied for today and, and reflected on my own life, it sure seemed to me that, that making good decisions is probably the number one element in living wisely. For example, Jesus told a parable about decision-making that was recorded in Matthew and Luke. But today we'll talk to Matthew 7, starting around verse 4. And and it was about the decision on where to build a house. And so Jesus says, A wise man built his house on rock, and the rain fell and the floods came. Now we've had a bunch of rain lately, right? Right? And the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it was founded on rock. On the other hand, there's a foolish man that just built his house on sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. And great was his fall. And so I think this story gives us a pretty good comparison of good and bad decision making. And you know, I also believe that God wants us to make wise decisions. In James chapter 1, verse 5, we hear this, If any of you is lacking in wisdom, ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to you. Now, I think there's probably two critical components of good decisions. One is having clear values and goals. Now, we'll explore values and goals next week, but this week we're, we're going to focus on decision-making. And so that other critical component is having a fundamental, fundamentally, 
fundamentally sound process for making decisions. Now, there's many decisions on the best way to make decisions. So today, let's look at the four C's of decision making. Clarify, consider, choose, and circle back. So the first step in, in our decision making process is to understand clearly what it is that we need to decide or what problem we need to solve. For instance, where do we build a house? Um, what car do we get when we need to, to get a, a new car or another car? Um, which refrigerator would be the best refrigerator for, for our situation? Um, my roof is leaking, what should I do about it? Or maybe a stranger has come to us and said, hey, just give me a thousand bucks cash and you'll, I'll give you $10,000. You know, I just, I just need a little time, right? Some, some get rich quick scheme, right? Somebody trying to deceive us. Well, in our core value video for this week, I, I talked about building a windmill. And so let's, we can use that as an example, right? And so the decision I wanted to make was, what should I do for a healthy pond? And the issue or problem uh, it was around having a pond that would support a healthy population of fish and would look nice. And so let's take that step by step. And so that was to clarify, to clarify what is the goal. The goal is to have a healthy pond, okay? So then the next step of the process is to consider all of the factors involved and to develop a list of possible choices. When we're doing this, we need to think about, well, what is the expected outcome? What do I want to come out of this? Uh, what are the consequences of either picking or rejecting each individual item? We also have to think about how are our emotions affecting our decisions? In other words, in our hearts, we, we want this, but if we use our heads, this is really the better solution. Um, we need to think about all the what ifs. What if I do this or what if I do that and kind of think in our mind and play through that scenario and, and see how it, how it works out. And while we're considering all these different factors, we need to remember and, and keep ourselves pulled back to What's the original problem? What am I trying to solve? What am I supposed to be focusing on? Because, you know, we, I think we all like to chase those wild geese because it's a lot more fun to chase a wild goose than it is to fix a problem, right? And so we need to stay on task. We need to stay on target and not drift off. We learn this in Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the powers of this world, the thinking of this world, rather than from Christ. And so we need to be on guard against those who would deliberately try to deceive us or lead us astray like the, the get-rich-quick scheme or, you know, hey, uh, we'll put a brand new set of windows in your house for only $5,000 if you pay us cash today, you know. There's all kinds of scams, right? And, and so we need to be on guard against those. We need to study the options and get solid advice from trusted people, people that are solid. Now, for my windmill project, what I really wanted was one of those water spray 
deals. You know, where where you have water squirting up in the air and, you know, like a water fountain or something where water is spraying from one side to the other. I thought that'd be really cool, right? And I thought that would do a great job. But when I consulted experts, they shared their wisdom with me that the number one thing that I needed to do was aeration, get air in the pond, and that the, the water spray wasn't the right way to do it because the water spray would aerate the top surface, but it wouldn't aerate down below. And so they shared that wisdom with me that, that, the, that the water spray really wasn't the key, wasn't the right thing. But what I really needed was a bubbler system where they pump air into these little diffusers, the nozzle things, uh, down at the bottom of the pond and then the oxygen or the air just floats up through the entire um, depth of the pond. <sighs> Man, I liked my water spray idea. I, I didn't want to do the, the bubbler thing. But anyway, back to the drawing board. Now the experts pointed out to me that there's three ways to do this, right? You can have an electric motor powering an air pump, you can have a solar powered air pump, or you can have a windmill driven air pump. Now we're getting somewhere, a windmill, yes, yes. My emotions probably carried me away at this point because I really wanted a windmill, right? I'm basically cheap and I'd had no interest in paying for electricity to run an air pump just to put air in the, in the pond, but wind's free. Ah, oh, what a cool solution. And then the next step is to actually make the final decision or the final choice. We need to take all of our thinking and planning and reflecting and make the best decision that we can. Now, if you're like me at this point, you're probably tempted to waffle. Well, what if I make the wrong decision? I mean, ah, uh, uh, you know, and you think, well, I, you know, maybe we're not making the best decision, but we really do need to trust on our process that we've done our investigation, that we make the best decision we can, and then move forward. And then the final step in our decision-making process is circle back. After we've implemented our, our decision, our whatever problem we were trying to solve, whatever it was we were looking at, um, we need to give it time to kind of settle itself, to prove itself out, and then we need to go back. Now, maybe we didn't make the best decision, right? It's possible. I know in my past, I've been, I've absolutely agonized over, let's say a purchasing decision of some kind or another. Um, I've absolutely agonized, oh, I didn't get the best possible deal. You know, I, I could, I maybe I could have saved $20 on a $1,000 purchase or what, whatever, you know, I could, you know, maybe I could do that. Well, what I end up doing is totally destroying the joy of whatever that outcome was, worrying about something that I couldn't have done anything about anyway. And so the, I think at this point, the key is that maybe we didn't make the best decision, but it was the best decision we could make at the time. And whatever part of our process that we didn't do as good a job as we should have, we, quite frankly, maybe we messed up something, is to take a hard look at that and do a better job next time. And so let's pause for a moment and consider these discussion questions. What is your decision-making process? How do you gain wisdom for your decision? And 
would the four C's process help? And that is clarify, consider, choose, and then circle back. So let's just take just a moment and reflect on those questions. So you're probably asking at this point, well, where's, where's God in this? Well, let's go back to my windmill example, right? My initial decision was around what to do to improve my pond. I relied on the wisdom of experts. Now, to make my decision, okay, I'm going to go with the windmill. Windmill-driven air pump, diffuser, bubbler, whatever. Now, when I received that windmill, it, I think it came in a million parts. I mean, you never saw so many parts. It was like a, a super erector set kind of setup. Now, I don't know how to assemble a windmill because I've never done it before. So I relied on the wisdom of experts. The experts that wrote up the instructions, yes, I studied the instructions. And then experts who answered the phone and gave me advice when I had questions on various pieces of it. Now, God is the architect of life, right? He created the universe. He created us in his image. And so God is wanting to share his wisdom with us in several ways. So we have the printed instructions from God. It's in an operator's manual called the Holy Bible. God gave us prayer so we can call him for personal advice. And that God offers to be with us every step of our decision-making process. We just need to invite him in. We just need to open up his operator's manual and consult the wisdom in its pages. Now, the Bible has four books that are considered wisdom literature. Proverbs, Job, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. Now, of those, Proverbs is probably the easiest and most straightforward of those books to read and understand. It's, re it's written in concise, direct language. I mean, it's, it's to the point, right? I'll give you an example. Here's Proverbs 1, uh, verses one portions of verses 1 through 7. It starts out, the purpose of the Proverbs. These are the Proverbs of Solomon. Now, Solomon was reputed to be the wisest man that ever lived who was son of King David, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These proverbs will give insight to the simple and knowledge and discernment to the young let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. And then at the tail end of that, it says, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. And so I don't know about you, but this kind of resonates with me in, in terms of listening to those that have done it before and understanding what to do and what not to do. And then the fact there's, there's folks that don't want to listen to people that have done it before and they, they just spin their wheels, so to speak. Now, Proverbs goes on in verses 8 through 19, and this is talking about how a father cor corrects his children. My child, listen when your father corrects you, and don't ignore your mother's instructions. And it goes on a little later, and it says, My child, if sinners entice you, turn your back on them. They may say, Come and join us. Let us hide and kill someone. 
just for fun, let's ambush the innocent. And then Proverbs goes on to say, these people set an ambush for themselves. They are trying to get themselves killed. Such is the fate of all who are greedy for money. And then get this key point here. It robs them of life. And so that's the kind of wisdom that we have in Proverbs. And if you look at our world today, the, the violence and some of the some of the stuff that's going on, it's it's people that are saying things like, come and join us, let's hide and kill someone or lead somebody astray or rob their house just for fun, let's do it, right? And so they're, they're, they're actually stealing lies from themselves and trying to suck you into that. God is the ultimate expert on life for giving us wisdom for our daily lives. And Jesus is our Savior who loves us so much. He came to be with us personally to guide and advise us on how to live our lives. Hear these words from John 3, 16, 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Now, eternal life is not after you die. Eternal life starts when, when you turn to God, right? Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. In other words, here you go, here's advice on the phone, here's advice in the manual, the operator's manual. Um, you can find wisdom turning to Jesus Christ. So now let's pause for just a moment and consider these discussion questions. Have you ever thought of God as being the ultimate expert on life? our life today and then how has or how can God be your expert for your decision-making process in life so let's take a, just a couple mo moments and reflect and consider those two questions Now, I'd like to lighten up for just a minute. I, I have a sense of humor. I can't help it. Um, I'd like to lighten up for just a moment and share this insight. Now, take a, a moment in your personal devotion time and read the first few chapters of Proverbs. It's, it's interesting reading. Now, if you do that, you notice that wisdom is referred to in the feminine. She is, wisdom is referred to as a she, right? Now, ladies... This will confirm what you knew all along as you dealt with men, right? And the part that makes this even more significant is the Bible was written by men in a culture where men were primary. So, fellas, I don't know what to tell you, but ladies, there you go. It's just the way it is. So, my closing question today is, are you living wisely? Are you using your relationship with the ultimate expert on life to guide your decisions? Let's pause one final moment and consider this discussion question, and that is, are you living wisely? Now, I've shared some thoughts about decision-making as part of living wisely. How can we look to our relationship with God to gain expert advice and guidance on life? So what do you think? Are you searching? Are you struggling? Would you be willing to build up your spiritual strength to be a beacon of peace and hope for others? I'd like to hear your thoughts. If this is during the premiere time, you can throw a note in the chat box. Otherwise, call or text me. 
My uh, number is 517-588-8415. You can email me. You can email our prayer team at at prayerteam at calmochurch.org or fill out a a Calmo connection card at calmochurch.org forward slash connect dash with dash Calamo. Maybe you'd like to talk about decision making in God and furthering your relationship with God. Let's talk. I'd love to, to just chat about this topic with you. Or maybe you have a friend or know somebody that's struggling. We'll share this message with them and suggest that they reach out because I'd love to talk with them also. And we can explore together how God loves us so much and is just waiting to help us live into a relationship that fills us with peace and hope. How he sustains us in a troubled and broken world and helps us to make a difference around us. And now for our wisdom challenge. Spend five minutes, just five minutes, or at least five minutes in prayer each day and reflect on how you are living your life. How do you make your decisions and whether those decisions are in line with your long-range goals? And then talk with God. Tell Him you want to understand His instructions and advice for you. Grow in your relationship with God. It leads to that incredible peace and joy in our hearts and hope for the future. Talk with God often this coming week. And I always like to suggest to people, post a reminder, because if you're like me, you're going to forget. Post a reminder. Just do it. Just, just, uh, just take the, that time to pray, and even if it's not five minutes, sneak two minutes and, and spend that time and just think about living wisely and your decision-making process. And I pray that the awesome love of care, love and care of God the Father, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, and the power of the Holy Spirit help you grow in relationship with Jesus Christ and help you grow in peace and hope and be able to stand up with confidence in a lost and troubled world and make great decisions. Amen. Check us out next week as we explore values and goals for living wisely. God is great. Amen. And now let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your words of wisdom that are in the Bible, in your operator's manual for us for life. Lord, we thank you so much. And we thank you so much for being on the hotline. So all we got to do is is pick up that telephone of prayer and talk. And you're on the other end. We thank you so much for that, Lord. And we pray that you take this message and transform it so that each one of us hears your words for us and that we feel the awesome power and presence of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Advocate in our hearts. We pray these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Friends, feel the power and presence of the Holy Spirit this day as we are forgiven and adopted as God's holy children. God gives us that everlasting boost that we sometimes need to get back on track to grow in curiosity and wisdom. Open your heart and feel the warmth and blessings of His love. Amen. Have a blessed day. Have a blessed week. I'm Pastor Jerry. Bye for now.